Hello and welcome to another weekly stock market update. An especially long episode this week. So in this first part, you'll just talk about the Fed minutes, how it has affected us, and what we can do to deal with it going forward. TFC's weekly market update scours the net to find worthy financial news to be further discussed and expanded. It is a banter session with facts, figures, and fun to help you get caught up in the world of investing. So join in the banter live with me, Rakesh, your host, weekly Tuesdays at 8pm on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. All right. Good evening, everyone. Slightly late today, but I'm Anthony. <laughs> hey, Reggie, come on, man. Reggie here. Start. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, we are slightly uh-huh. late, okay? For once, we start at 10 p.m., but, but we got interesting stuff for you, right? So, yes. Cool. And, and we have a new guy with us today, Jefferson. Hi, Jefferson. Hey. Yeah. So, nice to be here on the show. Um, and I think you guys oversold me as the macro guy from the last season, especially Reggie. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just a learner of the markets as well, just like everyone else. Um, yeah, but I'd be very happy to be on the show for sure. Um, no worries. Yeah, it, it's it's taking a lot of time for you to be on. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's what all the senpais say. Oh, we are we are learners of the market. You know, we will learn more as we go along. <laughs> so yes, but and Jeff will be joining us. us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, Jeff will hey, be guys. joining on the show uh, as the macro guy, right? So it's going to be sharing with us a lot of these kind of thoughts. Yeah. So take it away, Anthony. All right. So today, let's just talk about macro for now. Um, it's a special episode. That's why we are late. Um, we are going to talk really in depth into macro and what's been going on and how it's affecting the markets. And and then we'll go back to our usual programming with the different companies and then our thoughts on that. So yeah, macro. Um, Jeff, why don't you start us off? Um, what, what's been going on, right? I, I know there's interest rate hikes, there's tapering, there's no quantitative easing. My portfolio is dead, but you know, what, what, what really is going on? <laughs> <laughs> still, still rape from last week. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but there's quite a bit of things that have been going on last week, right? So we have the FOMC that happened on last Wednesday. Um, and in less than 24 hours uh, on uh, last Wednesday night, the Fed basically doubled the pace of taper and signaled three hikes in 2022. <laughs> and then you also have the Bank of England, which surprise, surprise, did an unexpected hike of 15 basis points. Uh, I mean, everything is going to sound very foreign for sure, but uh, I'm pretty sure Anthony and Reggie will be asking questions later on, the hard questions to to clarify things along the way as well. Um, and the Norges Bank hike and the ECB announced the end of pandemic emergency purchase um, as well as delivering a smaller than expected app envelope for 2022. So um, essentially, you have a few months ago, then you think back, it was really hard to imagine for a hawkish pivot from the global central banks. Moreover, then this basically come in the time where the press is at peak pessimism around the whole COVID situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much where all the easy money comes in and happy days for all the retail investors and, and myself as well. Yeah. Um, but not so much when you start seeing inflation going a lot higher. Um, and now with the whole fact that the Fed uh, is trying to deliver on multiple fronts as well, not just having to double the pace of tapering, which is which basically is going to bring the bond purchases to zero by March, mm-hmm. um, allowing them to hike at the March meeting itself, but also signaling a three hikes in 2022 and three in 2023. So 
okay. this definitely uh, suggests some form of material change of directions. Yeah. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I, I know you're speaking English, yeah. right? Let, let me digest it a bit. So some yeah. context, right? That is um, so convincing. That's so convincing. <laughs> Come on. Um, it's just yeah. like, oh, I'm lost, but I know you're speaking English anyway. Yes, continue. <laughs> I had a friend teach me about quantum computing. That, that was Greek. <laughs> but, but yes. So, you know, take, take a step back. This, this was all... From the pandemic, is that right? From the start of the pandemic, um, people, try, central banks trying to boost economic activity and, and all of that. Is that the, the gist of where it all started from? Yep, yep, for sure. So uh, back when you had the, the COVID situation that happened, um, mm-hmm. the Fed basically had to do an emergency cut. Uh, basically, they did it on a Monday or rather Sunday night, that, that time, uh, mm-hmm. the US time itself. And essentially, that signal to the market that easy money is basically, basically coming because uh, liquidity was uh, an issue to the whole market at that point in time. And the last thing okay. that the Fed wants is uh, a global financial crisis, uh, the scale of 2017 to 2018 as well. Uh, sorry, 2007 to 2008. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if I missed out a financial yeah. crisis um, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, no, no problem. So, so they, they, they put a lot of money in, I guess. That's the quantitative easing part. Um, mm-hmm. they, they lowered interest rates. Um, you mentioned something about bond buying. How, what, what's the mechanics of that? How, how does that really work? Yeah, so uh, essentially, if you want to think about it, right, um, the whole idea of which they, they, they have been buying bonds in as part of the quantitative easing mm-hmm. policies itself. And then now having to do the tapering is theoretically just the reverse of every of the policies that they have put in place for this whole COVID situation. Um, and it was all intended in, in the name of having to stimulate uh, economic growth, right? So yep. tapering in this case <clears throat> is just having to essentially uh, reduce the purchase and accumulation of the central bank assets. That's what you can think of. Um, They want to reduce the dependence uh, on sustained monetary stimulus under the QE so that uh, essentially you have more sustainable economic growth in the long run. That's the the general aim of tapering. Okay, give me give me a little bit of color here, right? I I, yeah. I wanna I wanna expand a little bit on the bond buying activity. So how does bond buying then lead to an increase in liquidity in the market? Because that's the goal, right? During the pandemic times. Uh interestingly, as a as a rule of thumb, right, you can think of it when the Federal Reserve cuts interest rate, uh it essentially caused the stock market to go up. And when the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, it caused the stock market to go down. But um, one of the things to think about is that why why is that so? It's really because if you if you just think of the risk asset cycle itself, and if you look at it from a point of view where um, liquidity is a concern, so if you if for example if the Fed is signaling uh, to raise interest rate, then the the whole the whole idea is that in the in the long run, your risky assets like equities, crypto. Uh, and maybe even commodities will be will be more of a concern in the long run. So, where, whereas for bonds itself, then essentially, why do you want to buy why, why do you want to buy bonds right now, right? So, because 
in in that sense, if in the long run you expect the the Fed to raise interest rates, and given the fact that price and interest rate is inverse of each other, then you would rather wait a little bit later to buy your bond. So then your bond prices will 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 drop as well. So that's the that's the whole dynamics behind it. Yeah. Okay, and and I guess the the idea is sooner or later this all flows back into a real economy, and and there's real economic activity, yes, right? Because money supply and and all that kind of thing. Sorry, this is my uni macro, right? But, but that, that's... Guys, guys. That, okay, enough. Exactly. These are, these are yeah. big causality statements here. Yeah? Like, we're, like, we're like so I, that, certain. Like, yes. uh, <laughs> there, there, there is something yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. that magically makes things work, right? That, that, at least that, that's how um, I was taught it in uni. So, so that's how I'll tell people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, um, essentially... The, the more layman way of thinking about it will definitely be if you have a rate hike, then it's definitely mm. going to affect the availability and cost of uh, overseas finance as well. So your foreign mm. portfolio flows coming into the country uh, and both your equity and bond markets will definitely slow down. Um, and with the, with the whole idea of where easy money is no, no longer a thing, with low interest rate not a thing anymore, there's going to be uh, cost of borrowing will be a lot higher, so businesses will then uh, struggle to, you know, pay off their loans as well. Like these days, we have so many shell companies out there, so it's gonna be an issue at the same time. So the the whole idea is really to see how how fast uh, the Fed will will keep to its words, having to raise the interest rates. Yep. Um, if it if it is a uh, it's trading on a very thin line, right? Uh, very thin ice as well in the sense where if it raises it too quickly then it will definitely affect all your risky assets. Um, and with the fact that now nowadays, uh, your retail guys have so much access to uh, crypto, to equities. Like crypto itself has recently, in the last month, it, there, there was an increase of $1.5 trillion into the, into the crypto market. So that's a huge amount of money that's going to um, be greatly affected by this whole, whole Fed situation as well. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm. There's, there's this other causality train of thoughts, right? Which is the whole idea of risk-free returns, right? When hard currencies push up their interest rates um, and people will shift out of risky assets to come into the bond markets of some of these hard currencies like the dollar, like the pound, like the yen, like the, the euro. Um, does that hold, you know, in, in this discussion? Because because I really want to put this out there that there's many ways to look at this thing. You know, it's not it's not just a one-trick pony of like, oh, interest in, interest rates go up, but oh, equity will come down, blah, 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 mm. right? Because of course, of course. money yeah. allocation is a lot more complicated, yeah. Yeah, so um, then you go back to the you go back to the idea really uh, where we can talk about, say, the foreign institutional outflows, right? Then if you want to think about it, if you really have a very strong dollar in that sense, which is most of the time correlated to a, uh, a higher interest rate, then what really happens is that uh, things definitely become more expensive in that sense. Where you have dollars being the currency that everyone uses across the world, it doesn't really bode well for emerging markets, equities, or even developed markets, yeah. equities itself. Yeah, so you're so right to, to, to put forth that, that, that discussion, that theory as well, yeah. It's a it's a one big cycle all, all thank over. Thank you, thank uh, you. Uh, thanks okay, for saying okay. I'm right. So 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 essentially, not <laughs> hey, only my, my US seafood. growth is, is screwed. Um, so are my Singapore shares and my DBS. Oh wait, well, maybe not banks, <laughs> interest margin. But yeah, okay. Th- thanks a lot, guys. Very useful. Um, learn a lot, but you know, not not very good. Personally. No, I would I would say I would say the the Singapore equity market is not as 
powered by foreign money as much, yeah. you know, relative to yeah, a lot yeah. of it's, other it's just, emerging it's markets. It's just stable there, right? It, it doesn't move, it doesn't go up, it doesn't yeah, go down. Yeah, you yeah. just yeah. collect your yeah, 5% yeah, dividends yeah. and then call it a day. Yeah, Which is all right. Yeah, yeah. but but I would I would I would say that that is that is definitely something to look at, right? How the emerging markets will then be affected as a result of this increase in interest rates and money flow backing flowing back into some of these hard currency markets. Yeah, good shit. Yeah, I mean there, there has to be a safe haven somewhere, hopefully. Um. So so yeah, actually, come think about it, Jeff. You know, so so this is the the way we are looking at things now, right? It's a kind of a change in in the general environment. Right, that that's taken. That's really killed the growth shares. Um, Mega tech still still hanging in there, but but what are the bright spots here? Right, where 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 is the where is the trade now? In in that sense, in in this new environment. Yeah, I mean, uh, ideally, if you want to think about it, right, like maybe just back it up a little bit uh, where we were talking about the the whole Singapore markets having been mm-hmm. affected as well. Um, where you where we see where the Fed was having to uh, essentially anticipate two rate hikes in 2023, uh, and the whole idea of them having to scale back bond purchases, then you start seeing the U.S. equities having to fall uh, mainly in utilities, uh, consumer uh, consumer staples, and industrials having to un- underperform. But interestingly, then you you start saying that uh, consumer discretionary finances and healthcare outperform. So that's that's where your the whole idea of your silver lining will will come in, right? And if you look if you look in the past itself, then uh like look back in say I think on on May twenty thirteen, um mm-hmm. where they actually did some form of ta- post tapering uh from from the Fed, then technology and ONG sectors actually outperform. So okay. that potentially will be a space that you can look at, whereas REITs and consumer surplus, uh, yeah, they they fail fail to perform, yeah, really, yeah. Yeah, okay, that, that's interesting. Wait, but is that is that is that is that some thought process why all the growth stocks are dead? <laughs> Uh, because that's, I, I, that's the ongoing question on Telegram Group. Why is my portfolio red? I'm like, guys, really wake up! I uh, don't everything growth stocks, uh, but, it, but it's not just yes, red, yes, bro. Yes, it's very, very red. It's like Manjiang Hong. You know? <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> By the way, for all you listening in, you know, if you have any questions, drop in the comment section, and we'll pick it up immediately. Yes. Yeah, Jeff, come walk us through a little bit. Like, why, why are the growth well, what, stocks? What's the theory like, behind this, this growth like, stock? <laughs> well, well, that's why a... they, they, how can we look at this thing? Oh, that's a very, very uh, a question that I don't really have an answer to as well. I really, really like to know. Um, but I, I, if I, if I hazard a guess itself, why is everything dropping at some point? Is really that for for myself at least when I when I look at such things, is that it is it's good to not just focus on growth stocks, right? But also mm-hmm. having to focus on high quality cyclical, uh, say, like large cap companies that. Don't trade on high valuation. So if you if you are going to think of like having to do what 0.5x, I mean everything uh, is on a high valuation uh, now. Yeah. So, so the thing is, the thing is that you 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 definitely not be able to uh, benefit from the strengthening of the dollar as the Fed comes closer and closer to having to raise interest rates. Yeah. So that's that's my that's where I that's where I would see and um, higher you. Because of which, where it results, it results from expectations of a more aggressive Fed policy, mm-hmm. right? You can definitely weigh on tech and growth stocks with lofty valuation because 
one of the the biggest reason is really because they threaten to erode the the value of their longer term cash flows. Future yeah, that's one of the things that I can think of. So, um, yeah, like I say, really just try to focus on high qualities, uh, cyclical companies that yeah that don't trade on high valuation. That's probably one of the alpha that potentially we, we all can look at. Yeah. I, I think I think now with with all the drops, it all your high high quality high growth companies are actually undervalued. <laughs> Right, you 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 look you look at you know, things like your your valuations of things like you know Zoom pre 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 pandemic and now right going two times three times revenue, but your multiple is actually lower. Um, so relative valuation that that can be something to look at. I think um, it's it's a bit of a comparison before and after, but but that's something to look at. But I, I think just just one I guess small bone to pick pick um on on that you know discounting and, and cash flow valuation point um that I I never quite. I mean, I understand what DCF is, but I, I don't quite believe in, and, and two reasons, right? One is, who, who uses a DCF now? Come on. Um, and, and, and secondly, and, and more, more, more real, grounded in reality is, so, I mean, look at the, the Fed minutes and all that, right? The, they still project a long-term rate at, at 2.5%. What, what they have done in the dot chart and all is just to pull forward the interest rate hikes. So you know, it's, it's slightly higher interest rate. It's higher interest rates project about 2022, compared to September or, or the June forecast. But if you look at 2024 onwards, you know, that's the same. So if that, that's pretty much the same. So if you are using the, the Fed expected rates as your discount value, then you know, when you DCF out 10 years, all, the, all, all that has changed for the rates really is the, the first two years and not the, the last, the three to 10. So I, I don't know if that quite justifies a 40, 50% drop in, in share value, right? It's probably a mix of slightly over exuberance, you know, lower liquidity, people feeling, ah, I should take less risk, take some money off the table and, and everything just comes tumbling down. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with what you have just said, Anthony. Um, definitely around the, the globe, you, you start gonna, you're going to start seeing uh, major central bank trying to pivot to engineer tighter financial conditions, right? So mm-hmm. um, we, we all have been super conditioned by the... Uh, on easy money, buoyant risk assets, um, you know, the whole uh, fat meme, right? Where the printer just go non-stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's not going to be the same thing uh, anymore because the central bank is going to be unwilling to upset the apple cart, right? So this, this all is going to change uh, when inflation starts to persist and with the whole fact that Powell is saying that it's no longer transitory and I mean... Nobody, like all, most of the money managers that I've known, uh, they, they, never, they never understood why Powell said that it was transitory. It was more, I think people were trying to say that um, he was just trying to buy some time to come mm-hmm. up with a more credible monetary policy to put in place. Um, that's the whole idea of which the, how the central bank must essentially uh, work towards having to manifest um, what what they have put out, right? Because then that creates some form of credibility to the whole financial markets as well. Yeah. Mm. Also, cause he good friend with with good friend with Yellen, uh, So yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> he, his his portfolio is huge, right? Like his his yeah. equity portfolio as well. So it do, does him some good. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, but once everything many start manifesting, uh, on the first couple of hikes to when it does very little to bring down the inflation towards, uh, inflation forwards, right? Then you really start seeing where financial, uh, condition really start 
ease further. Yeah, and that's something mm-hmm. that not many people who really look forward to. Yeah, so yeah, the headwinds are changing, guys. Yeah. Okay, sorry. So you, Wait, what, uh, what does it mean by ease further? Wait, Anthony, yeah, you go first. A lot of questions. Is it ease further or tighten further? So essentially, if you if you want to, yeah, I mean, oh, sorry, tighten further. Yes, yeah, okay, you're right. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So so three rate hikes that's projected for first half 2022. That's the projection, right? It could. Oh, sorry, that's projected for 2022. It could be more um, if if inflation doesn't yeah. come down. So so what they're thinking. So so correct me if I'm wrong. What what it seems to be is that they're thinking. Okay, I will quicken my taper. Um, I'll stop bond buying by March 2022. Then after that, I'll start raising interest rates um, projected three times within 2022. That should bring inflation down to, to somewhere where I, I want it to be. That's the target. Um, if it doesn't, then more rate hikes on the table. Yeah, for sure. Um, but potentially, um, like if we, we look at back in 2013 when, uh, when there was a little bit of inflation and the Fed uh, Yellen was basically trying to play play around with it a little bit, right? Mm. Um, trying to uh, just signal some form of uh, rate rate increase. The market didn't failed. really, <laughs> yeah. The market didn't really boil well. To like, wasn't very happy about it in that sense. Mm. So, mm. Um, from from that point of view, uh, I think if the the Fed will really have to come down with an iron fist, right? Say like, okay, we 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 are gonna we're gonna you know by March, uh, do some form of tapering. We're gonna increase uh increase inflation uh sorry interest rates. Then it definitely have to happen, uh okay. and when when it happens, the the rest of the markets will then realize that hey they are not joking anymore. So fun and games are over. Easy money is no longer a thing where we we can essentially look forward to, so. That's where you will start seeing uh, your real rates uh, driving up a lot, and this would unseat your equities and credit as well. Yeah. Okay, so let me get a bit of color here. Essentially, all these things that are ongoing currently is really just a lot of signaling and a lot of, you know, just news going out. It's the beginning right? because, of the pain. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yes, because, yes, exactly. Because like yeah. what like what Anthony said, right? Like like all the. Reasoning behind causality of sell-off and all that, right? It's, it's very wonky, right? Because like mm-hmm. the, the market, how how can you react, you know, <laughs> as a fundamentalist just like that, right? So I think it's uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's a lot of uh, liquidity liquidity swish, swashing around in the market at this point in time, and because of all these signaling, people are shifting money out, right? So if 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 that is the case, how do we know? Like, are there certain places that we can look at to to know that our liquidity is moving around, or certain indicators that we can we can observe? You know, as retail investors, uh, I guess from from that point of view itself, then if you if you want to look at money markets indicators, that's one of the ways. But uh, we can always we have to probably start another podcast all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, why you're but, on the show. Yeah, yeah uh, but essentially, like. Having to look at say LIBOR, the LIBOR oil spread, that's one of the things that we uh, we usually look at from a money market's perspective to see how tight liquidity or how loose liquidity is in the markets, mm-hmm. right? Um, if not, you there's there's a few other ETFs that I, I haven't been looking at for a while, but I know that they signal uh, money markets um, uh, essentially, the, they, are, they are money markets indicators to see how how much liquidities are flowing uh, in the market as well. But one of the biggest things that you, uh, as retail investors, right, is to, uh, I think it will be useful to just listen to what the, the Fed is saying. Don't, don't bet against the Fed, for sure, because um, 
when they say something, uh, most most of the time they want to maintain the credibility and make sure that it will happen, because once they lose that that trust, uh, things will things will be harder for them to, uh, for 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 things to come true, right? Um, and with the whole QE and the whole Omicron situation having not exactly worsening, um, well, I I would think that three hikes is pretty much a reasonable number to 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 look at for twenty twenty three. Yeah, twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. Yeah. Fair, okay. Fair. Cool. Okay. So we are we are all we are we are all aligned that Omicron is not gonna like mess shit up, right? It is just a current jitteriness in in the political sphere, right? Is that kind of where 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 I'm hearing? I I would say that um well for for the Fed is 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 not so much of a concern for sure, but maybe. If, if you look at say uh, Bank of England, um, they yes. they are always looking at your your spot uh, COVID cases, right? Mm-hmm. Which essentially help to set their tone for twenty twenty two outlook. And with the whole surprise hike of fifteen basis point that has uh, has that has ha- happened last week, um, it's just a signal that spot case growth and associated activities. Uh, on the downside in twenty twenty uh, in quarter one will won't be enough for them to uh to to not exit from the whole uh, emergency policy setting as well. So they what the Fed is doing, they are also essentially gonna do the same. Yeah. And on the context of Omicron, uh, the decision is still pretty much hawkish because uh it's not it's not just because it's a 15 basis point move, right? Because nobody really cares. Yeah, but it's it's more of the fact that it essentially allows the Bank of England to to tease up for a twenty five basis point hike in February, which then allow them to uh, roll off some of their balance sheet as well. Yeah, and that signal a whole new uh, hiking cycle. Yeah, and if you look at it, uh, the Fed, BOE, uh, ECB are doing this. Then mm-hmm. your your emerging markets, uh, central banks are also going to do the same thing eventually. Yeah, so it's 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 coming, guys. It's coming. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's 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 a yeah. it's a balance, right? They 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 are afraid yeah. that COVID again brings about worse real economic conditions, so so lower GDP or all that kind of thing, and and they need to balance that against too much money, um, pushing inflation too high. So so I think it, it's yeah, a I, policy that that needs to find that that bit of balance. I I think one of the things to think about is that um everyone has been. Uh, or rather central banks across the world have been very used to the fact that there's a lot of liquidity uh, uh, slush going in and out of their on their own home countries, right? And it's so much that they, they are not even certain what to do with it. Uh, and what they do with it is essentially distributing it to, to the masses, right? And the money itself isn't uh, correctly spent across, uh, not as not as it tends not as intended in that sense because these days you have so much risk assets out there they are they are so buoyant um, and even the retail guys like like um, my mom my dad they are also looking at you know like crypto and what's not like, trying to see what's the next big thing out there yeah you know if if, if, Auntie if things TFC are going to the NFT uh, yeah <laughs> like, like, things are going to the extent NFT, itself right? yeah. it's 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 a it's a whole new it's a whole new paradigm to which the central banks are like, oh, shucks, the money that I put out there for, you know, sustain, uh, sustain economic growth for spending and what's not right. You know, your, your JC macro and uh, macroeconomics, it, it's not really holding up anymore. So 
what what are we gonna do? Yeah, and and definitely there must come a point where uh like what Ben Benaki did right. He just didn't care and he just raised interest rates and everyone got hurt in the market but everyone wake wakes up from there from from there at least in the Wonderland dream you know and move on with life yeah. I mean, I mean, the reality is, you know, um, allowing the markets to make decisions is is a big black box, right? At, at this point, I've, it's always been a big black box, and we already see the numbers in a sense of uh, increasing increasing liquidity with with more M two slashing around. You you don't see money moving into the real economy, mm-hmm. right? Which is why even even the U.S. government themselves, which, you know, say that they are very, you know, like uh, free market, blah, blah, blah. They have just launched one of the biggest infrastructure plan. Right? So they are doing what Singapore has always done and what China is, has always done, <laughs> which is take, the government will spend. You, you, the market don't want to spend, we spend until you are waiting to spend. Right? So, yeah. so this has always been a mixed strategy in this part of the world, in, at least in Asia. And then you see, you, see, you see US doing it right? because they have no choice. Right? The market is not doing what... So essentially, this is what we call market failure. Right? The market is not, not doing what it's intended for. And uh, there's just too much speculation in the financial markets. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Wait. So yeah, I one, mean, that's one, last one of question. the fastest way to spend money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry. Um. We, we need to build ghost cities, right? Okay. No. That in all seriousness, the US needs better infrastructure. So I'm I'm happy with yes, that. Um, yes. I, yes. I think it's, it's, it's not it's about ghost cities. It's not about ghost cities, <laughs> yes. right? Um. It, they 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 well they can't spend money properly, but they should spend money. Um. One last question from me. Um. I do. We 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 keep pointing back to 2013 and, and what happened, but. So do do you see this as analogous to to what happened in the the taper tantrum twenty eighteen I think twenty eighteen twenty nineteen, um and because I think it's my my recollection of that is so the the Fed said they wanted to do something markets got spooked went mad um and the Fed said okay actually never mind we we don't need to do it anymore we we got our objective by signaling instead of actually doing anything so so is there a chance of reversal here or you know, is 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 that a possibility or just not at all because we are in a different context now. Well, from my point of view, I would say that uh, it's more analogous to 2013 situation, mm-hmm. right? Where um, it's post, uh, it's essentially post GFC, and then um, the Fed is trying to, you know, uh, suck back some of these liquidity that are out there. Uh, it's very different from what what we see when it was tw- in 2018, 20, 20, I think 2018, yeah. where they just did, a, they just say, yeah, they just gave a hike signal, say, hey, yeah, we potentially would like to um, increase interest rates, but no, nah, nothing, nothing was done. Um, and in this case, it it's out there, it's concrete. Uh, it, the inflation numbers are high. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a profile that is staggering. People did not expect that to happen. Like, look at your your. Uh, England, like UK's uh, inflation profile, 7.1% uh, for November uh, and uh, CPI was what, 5.1%? Yeah. So, if, if looking forward itself, right, inflation is going to set to peak a, a lot higher for a lot of the develop, developed countries itself. Mm-hmm. So, you would expect uh, inflation to go a lot higher, say, in quarter by quarter one. Uh, and it's not going to look very very nice if you look in the real uh, real rate space it's essentially trash yeah um, mm-hmm. markets really looks very mis- uh, mispriced on everything itself on the real interest rate space um, so no I don't think the, the Fed the Fed is just uh, doing it for you know just, just as a signal 
but it's actually going to happen. Um, but even so, if you think about it, the three rate hikes doesn't really bring it back to a bench, the benchmark of 1%, right? So, yeah, no, no. Um, in, interest rate is still fairly low uh, as as uh, against what we see in historical rates. So that's going to be an issue uh, where the Fed, whether they will do it gradually, the, the speed of which, uh, how they hike will be something to look at yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I think it's interest interesting. Okay, let, let me just add the political point. Huh? We must add the political point. Huh? <laughs> it's interest, It's interesting that elections are over. Okay, so elections are over. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have some room, right? And also let us not forget that Yellen, which is the current finance minister, finance minister, is good friend with Powell. So they are all aligned to you know kind of push their agenda, right? Okay, because I really don't think the Fed is independent. Okay, pay attention, yeah, right there. <laughs> They're all apparatus of the state. But anyway, midterms is fine. You know, at, at least uh, given the current situation, midterms is not going to really shake their longer term strategy. But because they have two, three years to, to make up for the 2024 election run. So I do think that this will give them room to, to execute some of these things. Right. And also let us, let us not forget that the Fed, or at least the US government and the British government decided to take very different positions in their rescue package, you know, during the pandemic. Right? One decided to protect jobs, which is a problem because the longer the pandemic roll, um, <laughs> the slower they are to react to what's going to happen because a lot of the old jobs no longer become relevant. Right? And then the other, the other decided to give cash right into the people's hand, which is the US government. Right? So uh, I think it's a very interesting discussion to, to look into uh, going into the future. Yeah. Yeah, not, not, I mean, not to, uh, not today, on your man. point as well, right? <laughs> yeah, on on your point as well. Um, Powell Powell isn't equipped to quell uh inflation, right? He is uh he's more of a COVID, uh emergency kind of uh fat chair. So, in his entire career itself, this is this is something um very different from from the norm. Um, and with the whole fact that the the Fed is trying to work towards bringing down inflation. Uh, implementing a loose monetary policy is it, not in Powell's playbook, yeah. Um, and the fact that he says that he's gonna do it, um, he probably came under a lot of pressure from uh, everyone like Berniak, um, Yellen, and and what's not as well, yeah. So it's gonna be. It, it does seem like one solid bet for sure that the uh, rough waters in the in in the equity market will will be likely to stay, but hopefully temporary. Yeah, and hopefully the bull market will then probably chuck on after that. Yeah, if the Fed doesn't, you know, tighten too aggressively. Yeah, we say. Mm. So essentially, we need to let the the easy liquidity rush out of the market first, and everybody feels the pain. After that, the people that are more stable and here for the longer term will then kind of you know pick up the market again. Is that kind of mm. what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, okay, so last question from me on, on this thing. With, with the new reality of a higher interest rate environment, what are some things that we need to be aware of as uh, retail investors? I think one of the things that uh, really to think about um, with a higher, higher interest rate uh, environment itself is what, what, kind of, what kind of stocks do you want to look at, right? Like we, we have already sort of discussed um, growth, Growth stocks will definitely be a thing where uh, temporarily it's going to suffer for sure. 
Um, so if you if you see your portfolio to be a sea of reds, I, I I guess it's pretty much normal. So Anthony, you are you're in good hands, I guess. Um, <laughs> I bought a but definitely, stock. yeah, definitely, <laughs> or like financial financial equities, uh, or even your energy uh, sector is something that you we we all can look towards. Um, there's potentially always there's always whenever almost always whenever there was a hike. Um, these are the two uh, sectors that tend to do very well uh, and it makes sense for financials to do well because then mm-hmm. your cost of borrowing is a lot higher right so happy days mm-hmm. for the banks as well um, yep. yeah so these are these are some of the things to to look out for mm. cool yeah and you you sound like you were from the bank uh. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. That's why, that's why it took me so long to come, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that was a pass. <laughs> but yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with me, Rakesh. And trust that you learned something today. If you enjoyed the session and want to be part of the banter, join our community Telegram group or follow us on social media. We also have a weekly newsletter to get a digest of the news we covered. To sign up, please click the description below. As always, we love your feedback. So share that with us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Thanks and stay safe.